Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Mike Goldstein. Mike, welcome to the show. Ken, I'm pumped to be here, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. So for everyone listening, let me just give you a little background on Mike. Mike is a one-on-one -on -one dating coach. He's the founder of Easy Dating Coach, and he helps men and women make dating and relationships simple. He's been featured on the Today Show, The Star Ledger, Reader's Digest, and Shape Magazine. 83% of Mike's clients enter into relationships during their coaching with him. He's actually an online dating expert. He uses data from multiple major online dating sites to ensure that his clients only need to meet six to eight people to find someone to consider exclusivity with. Mike, do me a favor. Take a minute. Let us know if there's anything we missed in that introduction and give us a glimpse into how you started doing the amazing work that you do today. Oh, man. Ken, great question. Um, it all got started by an epic failure. Um, about 10 years ago or so, I was in love, man. I was head over heels for this woman. And I was like, all right, this is the one. I'm going to get married. This is fantastic. And I was pumped. And I was nothing but hopeful for our future. Um, unfortunately, she started cheating on me with one of my very close friends. And I was crying my eyes out for three months. And finally, I started reading everything under the sun in regards to dating, relationships, sex. And quickly, I realized, holy crap, Mike, you don't know anything about women at all. Um, so I soon realized um, I was a mess. I didn't understand women. And so um, then I started learning everything under the sun about it. Um, got pretty good, um, started helping my friends. I was getting uh, my friends into marriages. I got six of them married. Uh, fast forward um, a lot longer, and I came up with an online dating methodology that was getting all my clients into relationships at 83%. Um, it was so successful that the online dating site started uh, giving me a ring. I'm like, Mike, please use our data to back everything up that you're doing. Um, and then I was on the Today Show. Then I started writing for a number of publications, uh, Reader's Digest, DatingAdvice.com, Shape, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, uh, you know, things were a little more successful. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's funny how, you know, those those train wrecks are, are oftentimes what we find our answers in. And, and you're like, oh, I just need to learn something for myself. And next thing you know, you can help others, which is really awesome. So I want to ask you something, Mike, because obviously with your experience, you've got a lot of back and background in this. And I'm, I'm wondering, what would you call like when you get in a situation where maybe you're kind of getting off track in your partnership? What's your guiding principle or what's your mantra or quote or what's that thing that you can always come back to 
that get you back on track? And, and how would our listeners apply that to their lives? Yeah, um, I think it's really important, especially in my life, um, that I think about what I truly want and kind of write that down. And maybe there's, you know, I always spend some time even with my clients. I'm like, what are the two to three most important things in your life? And every single day, if I'm doing something that is not getting me to those goals, then I wasted that day. Um, so everything I do, is this getting me towards those two to three goals? Yes, then keep rock and rolling. If it's not, then I am just wasting my freaking time and need to uh, do something different. Excellent. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it would probably be pretty scary if we look back and realized how many days we weren't doing anything to get towards our goals. Yeah, I've, trust me, I've, I've wasted a lot of time. <laughs> Yeah, I think we all have. I think we all have. Absolutely. So, you know, Mike, one of the things that that our listeners really, really love about the show is how generous our guests are in sharing their own personal stories about their experiences in partnership. And, and where I'd like to start is, would you do us a favor? Take us to a time in your life when, well, you tripped up in partnership. In other words, what were you doing? What did you trip on? And, and what did you learn from that experience that has helped you move forward? Yeah, I, um, it was my definitely my biggest trip was what we just talked about when um, I was just head over heels for that woman. Uh, we were in a long distance relationship. Then she moved here and thought we were getting married. Then she cheated on me with the guy. But specifically what I was doing wrong um, and what I soon learned was Every time she had a problem, uh, what my job should have been was just listen and be her support system and be there for her to bounce her ideas off me. But instead, I did what a lot of men do. I'm like, ooh, I'll be big macho man and I'm going to solve her problem. I got this. And so I'd always be giving her advice. I'd be like, here's what you should do or here's what I'll do. And it just drove her crazy because she's like, I just need someone to listen to me. And then I was getting frustrated because I'm like, I just gave you the best answer ever. Like, we should be ready to rock and roll. But, um, yeah, so that was my trip up. And I just needed to listen. And uh, I was not doing that. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, bonehead moment. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting you say that, though, Mike, because, you know, that's one of those things where we always think we have to do something. And sometimes it's just being there. Yeah. And we can actually be, you know, provide that experience of being listened to and loved much more when we do less. Which, of course, yeah. is counter to our brains. Our brains are like, what do you mean? I need to make a result. I need to have a solution. Because that's how we're yeah. wired as guys. We like solutions. Yeah, we do love solutions. But what would have been like so much better is if I realized, hold on a second, I don't have to use all this brain power to solve the problem. All I needed to do was just listen mm -hmm. and been there for her. And then at the end of it, she could have been like, wow, Mike, I feel so much better. Thanks for listening. And I'd be like, whoa, I did solve a problem and I did much less and it was less stressful and it could have been so much better. Yes, exactly. I, I actually had the experience once this is years ago. Um, at the time, I was uh, working for a car service. I was I was driving limos, and I was driving this woman to the airport, and 
I, I learned from our dispatcher that their company had done the limos for this, this woman and her husband's wedding. Well, they were in the midst of a divorce. And so it was a pretty dramatic situation for her. She was getting out of town to get some, some time away. And, and so I was very aware of that. And she got in the car and I'd never driven her anywhere before. I didn't know her. And we started driving and, and she's being quiet. And all of a sudden she just starts talking. It's like, the conversation that was going on in her head didn't fit anymore. And she just kind of started out loud saying what had been going on in her head. So she's having this conversation. I don't know. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Blah, blah, blah. And the whole time I'm just like when she would pause, I'd just be like, yeah, uh-huh. You know, I was I was present with her, but I wasn't saying anything. I wasn't providing any solutions. And we get to the airport. So it's about an hour drive. We pull up to the airport. She's literally coming up with her solution of what she needs to do. She just worked her way through it. She gets out of the car. I get her bags for her. And she goes, you are the most amazing coach I've ever been with. And she tipped me a hundred bucks. <laughs> That's great. And all I did was listened. I didn't say anything. Now, here's the best part. Four days later, she's back in town. I happen to be the one picking her up at the airport. She comes up to me. She sees it's me. And she goes, you're ready to be my coach again? We did the exact same thing in reverse going back to her place. She just worked things out for herself. And she gets out of the car with her own plan worked out. And she's like, this is so amazing. You're incredible. I didn't do anything in my mind. But for her, it was the best support she could have received. Ken, you are a genius. Well, that was one of those situations where a blind squirrel finds a nut. You know, I just kind of stumbled into that one. But no, it's it, it really told me a lot, right? So great example, Mike. I, I love that that story of, you know, that was one of the trip ups you experienced. So let me ask you this then. It's a little nuanced, but it's 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 along the same lines. I wanna know if what's a time when you had one of those duh moments where you literally you're in a partnership and all of a sudden you're like what? How have I been such a knucklehead? I can't believe I've missed this. And it all of a sudden changes things. And that wake up moment turns into a building block for your future partnership. Tell us about that. Absolutely. Um, so I was at this point in my life, I was I was definitely in uh, relationship mode in the sense of like, so I was a single guy, but I was like, I'm ready to settle down. You know, I've gotten all my dating out of there. And you know, I really like to do this whole relationship thing with the right woman. So anyway, I meet this woman. Uh, let's call her Julie. That's not her name, but just to have a name. So I meet Julie, and I, I happen to meet her kind of drunk. Um, I'm going to put all my cards on the table. Uh, big night out in New York City. Uh, we were at the Waldorf Astoria for uh, Elon Night, which is the university I went to. Uh, they had all the Elon folks there to try and get to donations and free drinks and all that stuff. Anyway, I meet her, kind of drunk, um, and we end up going home together. And um, I do teach women to not, uh, you know, be sexual on the first date, but it just happened that way. The good news is when you're with a guy that's uh, relationship-oriented, it doesn't matter when you have sex. Uh, he wants a relationship, so, and he likes you, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so Julie, I am pursuing her hard. I'm texting, I'm calling, I'm trying to get dates. Um, I get a few more dates. And, uh, you know, I was interested at the beginning, but then we did date number two, date three, date four. 
And now I'm really smitten. I'm like, you know, this girl may make sense for me. Like, I really want to pursue this, Ken. And so then, um, you know, I'm texting and calling, and all of a sudden I'm realizing, like, it's really hard to pin her down. I can't, like, maybe we get a date, like, in two weeks or three weeks. And soon I'm realizing this woman, um, she works 60 hours a week, which is very common. I'm in uh, right outside New York City. A lot of people work a lot of hours. And for her, like, for me, my priority number one was getting a relationship. That's what I wanted. Uh, for her, her priority number one was work. And so even though she liked me, she didn't have time for me. And I kept pushing and pushing. So I kept calling and texting. I'm like, oh, the man needs to hunt. I'm going to keep hunting. And I kept hunting. And sooner or later, after like a few months, I'm like, this is not working. I can't get her on a date. I can't spend time with her. She's not making time for me. So my duh moment is like, oh, my God, like this woman is not available. Mike, stop. Like, yes, the chase is fun, but if she's not available, you'll never catch her. So eventually I just stopped trying and I was like, all right, you know, clearly uh, she's not at the time of her life where she's focused on relationships. This isn't going to work. I need to move on to someone who, uh, you know, relationships is a higher priority. You know what, what I love about that, Mike, is it kind of comes back to what we were talking about before, but in a different situation, which was you basically just needed to really listen to what was going on. Yeah. She was making it really clear, but you wanted it to be something else. Yeah, I was pushing for something that, you know, wasn't there, you know, mm -hmm. wasn't, she didn't want, she didn't want a relationship at this point. She wanted, you know, other things, which is fine. I just should have realized that and realized we weren't in alignment. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the other piece of that is I think a lot of times when we're like in your case, you were in that relationship space. That's what you were looking for. We tend to assume that means everybody else is, too. Mm -hmm. And so we don't we don't pay attention to any indicators that say, oh, they're they're not. They're focused on their work or they're focused on something else because we just assume, well, if that's what I want, that must be what everybody's looking for. Why else would you date? Mm hmm. But we've got to pay attention, right? <laughs> because obviously, if they have other priorities, there might still be a possibility there, but you've got to work in partnership with them. You can't just keep going down, but I want this, but I want this, but I want this. That's not mm -hmm. partnership. Yeah, I got some great advice, um, of course, after the fact, so I couldn't <laughs> use it on myself. Um, but you want to um, evaluate the relationship, not the person. Mm. So if I would have done that, I would have evaluated the person. I would have been like, wow, this woman's fantastic. She's got everything I need. But the relationship was not what I wanted. So if I would have evaluated the relationship, I could have got, I could have moved on a lot faster mm -hmm. realizing, all right, this isn't the right relationship. Keep moving. Yeah. That's a good one. Excellent. Yeah. Well, let's do this, Mike. Let's, let's switch gears a little bit. We've been talking about, you know, some past trip ups and so on. And I'd like to bring our conversation into the present. So what I'd love to have you share with us is what's one partnership that's that's really exciting for you in your life right now? Yes, Ken. I'm so tired of talking about my failures. Let's, <laughs> Let's do it. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about uh, my girlfriend, Kelly, who uh, I've been dating for about two years. Uh, we moved in together uh, this past November, so we're almost at a year living together. 
So we're getting there. Nice. Nice. So do you mind if I ask you what, what's, what do you notice is different about this versus other relationships you've had? Oh, I love that question. Um, can I talk about the story of how it all started and what made me so intrigued by her? Yeah, sure. All right. Because women are always listening and wanting to know, well, how do we get that guy? Absolutely. So um, probably when I met her, I wasn't in relationship mode. I was more in um, go have fun mode. And reason being, I was actually planning to move to San Diego. Um, I was like, I hate cold weather. It's time to go to California. Like, let's let's do this. And I met her about a month and a half before I was uh, supposed to move. And uh, so I'm trying to, I, I get to know her a little bit. And I'm like, you know, she's beautiful. Um, you know, maybe I can have sex with her before I leave for San Diego. And so date one happens. Um, you know, I try to have sex. She doesn't let me. Uh, date two happens. Uh, once again, she still holds her boundary strong. So now I'm like, all right. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a better date. So this is date three, I believe. And, you know, maybe I'll be able to, uh, to get some action then. Um, so I just end up taking her to the beach. Um, we go to the beach. We kick the soccer ball around. We go in the water. Uh, then there's a nice hotel. We go have some drinks. And uh, finally, we're walking back to my car to go home. And Kelly goes to me. She goes, um, this is the best date of my life. And I go, what? What are you talking about? Like shaking my head. You can't see me, but I'm just like in other shock. I've got my hands to my temples. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? So I turned to her. I'm like, you're crazy. She's like, no, this is the best date I've ever been on. And, I, you know, I didn't take her to, you know, the Eiffel Tower and have dinner and candlelight dinner or anything. No, we went to the beach. It was very simple. And I had a lot of fun on that date. And then I look and I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what, Ken? This woman's special. This is amazing. Because one, she's a happy person. But two, it's not going to be that difficult to, uh, to keep her happy. Like she just told me if I do something simple, like take her to the beach and maybe buy her a drink, that she's going to be the happiest woman on the planet. And that made me look at her differently. Like maybe I should be more serious about this because if she's this easy to be ha uh, to make happy, I bet I might be able to make her happy for an entire lifetime. And that's what I was interested in. I wanted something that I knew I couldn't fail at. And a lot of men are in that same boat. We don't want to fail. We are terrified of having a committed marriage where we don't keep that woman happy for, you know, anywhere from 40 to 70 years, whatever that marriage lasts. And so we want to know that we can do it. And that was the first time where she, someone said to me, Mike, you can do it. You can make me happy for a lifetime. And that made me less terrified and less scared and want to commit and want to be closer to her. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, it's one of the things that I often mention is, men marry the women they believe they can make happy and we leave the women we're convinced we can't make happy. Yes. But unfortunately, there's so much advice out there to like, oh, ladies, you need to play it cool. Don't let him know that you really like him. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, then we'll think we can't make you happy and we'll leave. I hate that advice. 
it's horrible. It's totally horrible. It's this game, but it's like, what if you just were honest and said, this was awesome. I really had a great time. Yeah, I can't tell you how many of my friends that are, are that are single these days, where at the end of the day, um, especially some of my more introverted or type B or beta males, if you will, that are like phenomenal. They've got great jobs and they're fantastic and treat women, you know, to the moon. But like they don't hear a woman say they had fun on the date and then they're terrified or afraid of rejection. And they don't ask the woman on a second date because they think they didn't the woman didn't like him. And I, I obviously advise them, you know, ask her out anyway if you like her. But, like, these guys are afraid and they don't ask out because a woman's not communicating. Whoa, you're fantastic and I had fun on this date. Yeah, I mean, genuine appreciation goes a long, long ways. And you're right. I mean, the fear is we've got to have something that helps us feel like we're not going to get rejected. Because every time a guy asks a woman on a first date, second date, or any other date... He risks being rejected. So ladies, give them some indicator that that's not you, that you're like, no, I'd say yes. Help us. Help us make it easy to ask you out again. When you're playing these games, you're making it harder. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's that's a great example, Mike. I, I love that. And I also love the fact that you were talking about how uh, Kelly's boundaries are actually one of the things that attracted you to her. Oh, yeah. Her boundaries are sexy and got me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, it lets us know how we can make you happy. Yeah. A woman that gives you a roadmap. Yeah. And, and ladies, yeah. some of you are sitting there right now going, guys just want us to make it easy for them. Well, don't you? I mean, do you want it made hard for you? Of course. Everybody wants it made easy for them. But the key here is when you make it easy for them, you get what you need. When you make yeah. it hard, you get pissed off because they don't do what you need. And you don't. it's because you're making it hard for them. They have to guess. So make it yeah. easy for them. Set them up to win so you can win. One caveat, though. What's that? Make it easy, but be true to your boundaries. So if there's certain things that, like, you know, for example, on date one, if he says you know, why don't you come over to my apartment and, you know, maybe you're not comfortable with that yet. All you got to say is, you know, I had an amazing time, um, but I don't go to guys' apartments until, you know, we're in a relationship. And that's it. Absolutely. Yeah, because the boundaries also help make it easy. Yeah. Let's us know what that... works for you and what doesn't work for you. So, yeah, absolutely. Great, great comment, Mike. Thank yeah, you. Just to continue on that example to, to prove your point, like, it's easy, too, because let's say he goes on date two, date three, and each time he keeps asking you to go to his apartment, and every time you say no, well, on date three, he's going to just be like, all right, she clearly doesn't like me. I, I don't know why she won't come to my apartment. Like, I guess I'm going to stop trying, and he'll give up. Instead of if he knew the boundary, he'd be like, all right, I just won't ask her until we're in a committed relationship. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely important not to just assume that saying no implies what it means for you or what it supports for you. You need to communicate that. There's nothing to be ashamed of. That's that's your truth. And if he's can't align with that truth and not support you in that, it's probably not going to be a very good relationship. So you want to put it out there. It helps everybody know what's the next step and, and if there's a match here. So, yeah, that's a good good distinction, Mike. Thank you.
You're welcome. Thanks for adding that. Yeah. So we've gotten that part of the show, Mike. I call it the bring it all home portion. And this is where we step away from stories. And I'm going to ask you to just share some very simple advice and guidance for our listeners so they can apply this directly in their relationship right now. And the first thing I would want to ask you is, what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received? Um, <clears throat> so we, we kind of just said this, but I'm just going to reiterate it real quick. There, there's two pieces. Uh, for me, one, it was um, listen to the woman, don't solve her problem. Um, which we talked about. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece of advice actually came from Ken himself, which are the advice I, I give to women. And I've heard it over and over again, but Ken, it really just hit home because the way he delivers it is so brilliant. But boundaries are sexy and boundaries are hot. Um, you know, when women have boundaries, and that's what Kelly had, um, it's just so sexy because she's giving you a roadmap to her heart. She's telling you what she needs. And I was able to to deliver that and uh, you know that drew me to her. Awesome. And I like how you said that that's a that's a roadmap to her heart. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you this then, Mike. If you had to pick one book or resource that you would recommend to our listeners about partnership and relationships, what would that be? Uh, I got to kick it old school, Ken. Uh, I'm a huge fan of John Gray, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yep, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. I was just talking with some folks about this yesterday, and, you know, he put that book out. I think it's been 26 years now. It's been a long time. And that book, to this day, still sells a 1,000 copies a week on Amazon. Oh my God, that's crazy. So it's clearly stuff we all have wanted and need this information desperately. And it's universal. I mean, it's a global you know, book. It's been all over the world. And it's so relevant. It doesn't matter if it came out 25 years ago. This is like the baseline of understanding how we're crazy different. And the sooner we get over the idea that they should just know what I need or want, the sooner you're going to get to a happy relationship because then you can actually be in partnership and work within how each of you is built. That was said perfectly. I agree. Yeah, it's tremendous, tremendous book. So, Mike, I mean, I just sit here and I'm like, it's pretty clear we hardly got started, <laughs> but unfortunately we're running short of time. So let me do this. Would you let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about what you do? Absolutely. Um, I have a website. It's called EZDatingCoach.com. And of course, I made it confusing. EZ is spelled E and then the letter Z. So EZDatingCoach.com. And um, if you want to have more fun with me, um, I have a YouTube channel that I put out a video every week. Um, so once you get to my website, you can click there. Um, I spend so much time putting out free content. I have a blog. I have my YouTube channel. I literally spend about 90% of my day giving you guys free content. So it would mean the world to me if you'd go check it out and hopefully learn something. Fantastic. Fantastic. And for anybody listening who's like, 
doing something else because <laughs> most people listen to podcasts as a secondary activity. So you're cleaning the house or walking the dog or whatever. You can go to speakingofpartnership.com, type in Mike's name, and you will go directly to his show page. We'll have the exact links there for you to get to his YouTube, to get to his website, and so on. So really easy for you. Well, Mike, I got to tell you, this has been this has been so much fun, and I really appreciate you being open and transparent and candid about what's gone on in your life and the things you've learned from that. Thank you so much for being on this show. Uh, Ken, thank you so much for having me, buddy. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.